Bibles, turn to Judges chapter 15. Judges chapter 15. I want to welcome you to Life Point. My name is Alex. I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and we're thrilled that you join us. Whether it's here in person or uh, on our Facebook page, uh, our YouTube channel, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm really looking forward to getting into God's Word with you guys. Judges chapter 15. We're in the middle of a series about Samson. Everybody say Samson. Samson, yes, it's, um, it's that Old Testament character, and in case you may have missed some of the last few weeks, let me just tell you a little bit about this very frustrating character from the Old Testament. Samson was this guy who was called by God, he was, um, he was chosen okay, by God, he was literally set aside from the moment that he was born to do some amazing things for the Lord and for God's people, uh, and specifically to deliver the Israelites, to deliver God's people from the oppressive hand of the Philistines. And Samson was given supernatural strength in order to do what God had called him to do, in, in very much the same way that you and I are given um, supernatural strength to do what he has called us to do. Samson was given incredible potential Tremendous potential, more than you could ever think or imagine, to accomplish this. But like so many of us, he made one bad decision after another. And what we're going to see next week, next week will be the last, the last week on Samson. What we're going to see is that Samson, as much potential as he had, he ends up self-destructing. And my, my prayer is that we can learn a few things from him so that we can readjust those things in our lives that we need to readjust. We summarized his life with this statement. Let's put it on the screen. Here's what we said. Uh, this is the way we summarize Samson's life. We said that Samson was this incredibly strong person with a dangerously weak will. Incredibly strong physically, but his will was pretty weak. And I don't know if you can relate with that um, with that statement, with that uh, sentence. But when I look at my life, I, I can see that, man, there are some areas where I'm so strong, and then there are other areas in my life when I just feel weak. And I just pray, Lord, forgive me, help me do your will for my life. And so today, we're going to pick up the story in Judges 15, verse 18. Ju Judges chapter 15, verse 18 and we're picking up the story right after Samson has killed a thousand men, okay? So imagine that. That's how much strength, supernatural strength God had given him. So he had just finished killing a thousand Philistine men. The Philistines are the enemy. He takes all the credit. We see a little bit of pride in, in him. He's in the desert, and I want you to see what happens next, okay? So Judges 15 verse 18 says this. Samson was now very thirsty. Now watch the next few words. Don't miss it. And he cried out to the Lord. And maybe you find yourself in that place where you feel like you're just dried up, where you feel like spiritually, man, you're here, you're, you've tuned in, but your heart has drifted. And I, I know that sometimes we do what's right, but sometimes, you know, we're just not there. And I, and I applaud you for pushing through. And Samson comes to this place in his life where he's thirsty, 
and he, he's just at the end of his rope, and he's, he said, the Bible says he cries out to the Lord. I really believe this is the first time in our series where we see this in, in Samson. And he says these words. He says, you have accomplished this great victory by the strength of your servant. And so we see that there's something that we haven't seen before in Samson. And I don't know about you. Maybe you've been coming the last few weeks, and you've looked at Samson as this horrible character. You look at Samson, and you, you've, you feel like, man, this is just this repulsive individual. And primarily... I wouldn't blame you because we've looked, most of what we looked at for Samson, it's been like the negative stuff, the mistakes that he's made. Um, and we, we focus primarily on his weaknesses. But here in this verse, we see him crying out to the Lord. In a sense, he's seeking God, okay? And I want you to see what happens when he does that. Verse 19, look, look at this. Verse 19, it says, So God... So God, apparently God heard him, and it says, So God caused the water to gush out of a hollow in the ground at Lehi. And Samson was what? Help me out, church. And Samson was revived. He cries out to the Lord, says, I need you, Father. Look at what I've done on, on your behalf. He's, he finds himself in a place that, of weakness, and then he cries out to the Lord, and God hears him. The Bible says that Samson was revived as he drank. Then he named the place the spring of the one who cried out, and it is still in Lehi to this day. Here's what I want you to, here's what I want you to get from this portion, from these, this couple of verses that we read. When Samson finally turned to the Lord, when he finally, like, he, he began to seek his name and he cried out to the Lord, what did he get? What did Samson get? He was strengthened. The Bible says he was revived. And I, and I think that, that hopefully it's a connecting point for you because I don't know what baggage you bring to the table today. I don't know what weaknesses, what things that you've done that you're not proud of. Like if we were to put them on the screen, I don't know what are some of those things that, that if we were to name in front of everybody, it would bring shame to your life. And you'd be like, no, no, no. Like I don't want to go down there, down that path. Like I'm not proud of that. I'm not, I know I've done some things that I'm not proud of. And I don't know what it is that you're bringing today. But what I can tell you, based on the authority of God's word, is that if you call unto him, regardless of how messy your past is, if you call unto him, our God has a tendency to want to lean in and hear what, we cry, what our cry is all about. There's a verse in Jeremiah, Jer Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Write down the reference. It's an encouraging verse to me <clears throat> where God says this, Call unto me, and I will answer. Call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know anything about. Jeremiah 33, 3. Easy reference, you know, 333. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call unto me. Your job today, regardless of your status, regardless of what our culture says about you, or how people look down on you, or, or what the enemy lies to you, your job today is to say, God, I need you, Lord. 
And as Pastor Alex is preaching this message, you know that my deepest thoughts, the things that I'm not proud of, the things where I've messed up, God, the things, the burdens that I have, God, you know what they are. And your, your job right now is not to perform. Your job is to just get on your knees and say, God, I need you. I'm crying out to you. And, but, but for some reason, so often, we, we, um, we do the opposite, you know? We put on the mask, you know? People in life group ask us how we're doing, and we, we don't really open up. We don't get vulnerable with the Lord. And often, what we do is we, we try to perform. We try to, you know, pretend that we're doing better than what we really are doing your job today is to say god here i am i'm calling and his his promise in jeremiah 33 verse 3 call unto me and i'll answer and i will show you great and mighty things which you don't know anything about now look at the next verse this is an amazing verse and most of us reading this story we probably glance at it and just kind of just speed through it but i want you to pay attention to verse 20 it says that Samson judged Israel for 20 years during the period when the Philistines dominated the land. Now, let's just pause this for, for, for just a moment, okay? This word, judge, where it says Samson judged Israel for how long? How long? 20 years. Man, you guys are doing good. Great job. For 20 years. When you look at, when you study this word, judge, um, actually, it's more than just like, like he judged, like, you know, sometimes we use that word, it's like, I'm going to judge you, I'm pointing fingers, right? Well, this word actually means that he pleaded for them. He stood on their behalf, okay, for God's people. He protected them from the, protected the Israelites from heavier oppression. Remember, the Philistines were strong, okay? But what this verse is saying that is that for 20 years, Samson pleaded for them. He protected them. He tried to preserve them from going into further idolatry. And so the question that I have for you is, could it be that this is the first sign that we see in his life of faithfulness? Could it be that this is the first time where we see that Samson is leading them in, in faith? Could it be that he's back on track? Could it be that he's judging them pre pleading for them protecting them preserving them i don't know i don't know you know a lot of theologians tend to think that that that's exactly what that verse means but what i do know is what the next verse says and this is probably this in my opinion one of the saddest verses in in this book of judges as we look at samson look at the next verse it says chapter 16 verse 1 then one Day, Everybody say one day. Okay. Then one day. I want you to keep this in mind. Because all it takes is one day. Then one day. 20 years of faithful judging, of leading, of trying to plead for them, standing on their behalf, doing what's right. I'm back on track. I've not always lived my life the right way. But then one day, one day, one day, Samson went. To the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. You know what's interesting to me as I was reading this story? If you read the story of King David, many of you know the story of King David when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. The story begins the same way. One day, when kings are supposed to be fighting, when they're supposed to be off to war with their people, David 
remains. He was in the palace. The, the story of David, it's, it's the same, it starts the same way. One day, when kings are supposed to be, David was in the palace just walking around, didn't know what to do. One day, one day, it's all it takes. Any of us can start making bad decisions that will basically lead us to self-destruction. And it, all it takes is one day. Isn't that hard? That's a, that's, I know that's not probably the best, most encouraging message for you. And I'm going to step on some toes today, and that's okay. That's kind of what God gave me. But, but here's, the, here's the truth of, of, the, of the reality of our Christian walk with the, with the Lord. You can be faithful in your marriage for 20 years, and all it takes is one day for you to mess things up. And I hope that this message is it's one of those, like you don't feel like, oh, ouch, you know, he's stepping on my toes. I hope this message is more like, no, preventative medicine. You know, like I'm going to take my vitamins today because I don't want to, I don't want that day to come to me. And I hope that there is a little bit of fear of the Lord that I can put on your, your mind and soul and your heart. And so that you leave today and you say, you know what, I'm going to be so fearful of that one day that I'm going to do whatever I can to stay on track with the Lord. One day, one day, that's all it takes. Look at verse 2. So verse 2, it says, Word soon spread that Samson was there. So the men of Gaza gathered together and waited all night at the town gates. They kept quiet during the night, saying to themselves, When the light of morning comes, we will kill him. Now, you may be wondering, what is the significance of this? Okay, so the Bible says that he goes all the way to Gaza, okay? You may not know this, but Gaza was the headquarters of the Philistines, okay? So Mr. Strongman has in the past gone into the Philistine territory. We saw that two, three weeks ago, you know, and so he's fallen for this before, but this time he's not just going into enemy territory. Now he's actually going into the headquarters. He's going into like where the leadership square is. And he's putting himself right in the middle of the worst possible place that he could put himself into. Now, if you know the geography, uh, you would know that he traveled 25 miles, 25 miles to get there, okay, to get to Gaza. 25 miles, and I, and I, I ask you, so much, he traveled 25 miles, and he forgot 20 years of serving the Lord faithful, faithfully, 25 miles, and he risked 20 years of faithfulness. Um, let me ask you this, how many steps would you, do you think would have taken him to walk 25 miles? Let's just play a, a little math game with, with all of us here in the room. How many, how many steps, right? Because he traveled, traveled 25 miles to get to Gaza. But I want to kind of break it down for you. How many steps do you think actually took him to get to Gaza? Because every step that you take in life counts. That's what we say in church. We say um, at the end, we say like, you know, what's your next step? All of us have a step to take. Now think about it. How many, how many steps do you think you would have to walk to cover 25 miles? Any wild guesses? Just give me a number. Some of you guys are a little bit better at math. 15,000? 450,000? Anybody else? 
So I did the math, approximately, depending on how big your steps are, right? Approximately, it's 56,250 steps. That's what you said? Let's give it up for Paula. That's good. 56,250 steps. That's what it took him. Now, here's the reason why... I, I, I'm really trying to drive a point home. Like if, you don't, if you don't get anything else today, I, want, I hope you get this. Here's the main thought for today, okay? Samson did not ruin his life all at once. He ruined it one step at a time. And the same way it is in your life. You don't ruin your life all, all, of, all of a sudden. Oh, look what happened. No, no, no. It's usually, it's, it's one step. And then you take another step. And then the Holy Spirit is nudging you and it's speaking to you. And you keep taking, you kind of ignore him. And then it's like, how do you know that, Alex? Well, because I've been there. You take another step and you're going off. And you know you're getting off track. And you take another step. And then you take another step. And then you read one day. Well, it really didn't happen in one moment. It took, it took some, some steps going down the wrong, the wrong path. 20 years of faithfulness where he was on track and then one day, Judges 16, 1, who would be so dumb to risk so much for so little? And the, the answer is all of us. Any of us do. We do it all the time. You see um, good marriages that are thrown out the door for, for the thrill of the moment. You know, you see it all the time. People who have great integrity and then just in one moment, because it's a moment of greed. It's just, you know, they've been faithful, you know, as employees or employers for all these years, but it just takes one moment, right, where you just, just the, the quick high, the quick experience, and you throw it all out the door. And so we're not just talking about Samson. We're talking about all of us are capable of screwing up and just, one moment but it's much much more than just one moment right it's it's where your heart is it's where your you know your hair may be long and you may be in church and you may be checking off the boxes but your heart has drifted and so i want to give you two small steps today about that can lead to self-destruction 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says this. Let's put this on the, on the screen. I love this verse. It says, so you think you, can, you are standing firm? Be careful that you don't fall. And I think this has to do with a little bit of what Samson was dealing. It's, it's, it was not just his anger. It was his pride. It, it was multitude of things. It was not just lust. It was, it was just a number of things. You know, he's going into the headquarters. He's going in where the leadership is at of the enemy. And he's flirting with sin. And so God's word tells you, and this is like preventative medicine. You know, if you think you're standing strong, if you think you, you're good, if you think you got it together, spiritually speaking, be careful. Be careful that you may fall. And so how do most people ruin their lives? Well, um... We do it, not, not all at once, we do it one step at a time. Um, I don't know of anyone that says, you know what, I want to become broke. Like, I want to be mega broke. Have you ever heard anybody say that? It doesn't usually happen like that, right? What happens? Then, you know, they say, man, I, I want to get that. 
you know, and I can't afford it, but, you know, I want to get the shoes. I want to get, I'm sorry, I'm not pointing at anybody. I went like that, and I was like, ooh, you know. Two weeks ago, I got in trouble because somebody thought I was talking to them. And so I'm like, not pointing fingers at anybody, okay? <laughs> um, but but how, do we, how do we get in trouble? Well, man, I want the car, you know. I want, I want the, the bike. I want this, and you can't afford it, but it's like, you know, it's all good. You know, we'll just charge it. I don't have the credit. Okay, we'll ask for more. Maybe they'll, they'll, maybe they'll up at this time. You can't balance the checkbooks, but it's okay. You know, God will provide. We'll, we'll do it in a month, or we'll do it in two months. You know, I don't know about a single person who ever says, man, I got a, I gr- I got a great marriage. I got my kids love me, and, you know, but I think I'm going to mess it up with an affair, right? It never happens like that. It's one step at a time. So two, two small steps with the remainder of our time that lead to self-destruction, okay? Um, look in, in verse 3. So the enemy's surrounding Samson, right? And verse 3 says this, but Samson stayed in bed until midnight. Here's the first step, small, first small step that sometimes we tend to take, all of us, not just Samson, and that's this. We taunt the enemy, taunting the enemy, okay? How do we do it? Well, it's what I just said a second ago. You're financially strapped, you know, things are tight, you can barely make it from month to month, and you say, hey, let's go for a walk and look at cars, well, you can't afford a new car right now. Or let's just go for a drive and look at houses. Well, you can't afford a brand new house right now. What are you thinking? You know, oh, let me just browse a little bit longer. You're looking at like, like all-inclusive luxury vacations. You can't afford an all-inclusive luxury vacation. I'm just looking. What are you doing? You're taunting the enemy. You're taunting the enemy. You are a married guy or a married woman. You're on a business trip. End of the day, everybody's going out to get drinks. And you go to the bar, get drinks. It's one, it's two, it's three. Before you know it, there's a bunch of women around you or a bunch of men. And one thing leads to another. And what happens? You're taunting the enemy. You're taunting the enemy. You may be a young person here today. And you say, I want to honor God with my body. And I don't want to, I want to remain pure until marriage. And then you start dating somebody. And before you know it, it's like, hey, you want to come over and stay the night? What are you doing? You're putting yourself in a place, stupid place, and you're taunting the enemy. It's what God says. You think you got it? You think you're strong? Well, think again, because if you're not careful, you can fall. Let me, let me give you another verse. First Peter 5, 8. First Peter 5, 8. Let's put it on the screen. This is what God says, okay? Here's a message that God's sending you from his heart to yours. Be self-controlled and alert, okay? It's a good description of the way that we should be as Christians, right? As Jesus followers. Be self-controlled and alert. The enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So here's what you need to know. The enemy does not want to hurt you. The enemy does not want to hurt you. What do you mean he doesn't want to hurt me? The enemy wants to destroy you, all right? Like the enemy is not interested in playing games with you, all right? The enemy is coming. Jesus says it. He comes to steal, kill, and 
destroy. So the enemy is after you, not just to hurt you a little bit, not just to kind of break up your marriage or make you feel bad about yourself. No, the, if it's all up to him, he wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. He's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so we're not playing games here. And so God says it. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Be alert. This is a war. Your spiritual enemy wants to kill you. How do we, small step, small step that leads to self-destruction is when we taunt the enemy. Let me show you how this happens. Verse 3, end of verse 3. It says, then Samson got up, right? He's, after he slept with this prostitute, he's in the middle of town. The Philistines are surrounding him. They're at the, the, the town gate, basically the city gate. And it says, verse 3, then Samson gets up. He took hold of the doors of the town gate, including the two posts, okay? So he still has unlimited strength, okay? And he lifted them up, bar and all. He put them on his shoulders and carried them all the way to the top of the hill across from Hebron. What is Samson doing? By the way, I read some commentaries that said these doors are like 700, 700 pounds, okay? That's how heavy they are. They're not like hollow doors. So Samson gets away with this, with the, the thing that he's doing. He, grab, he sees them. He grabs the gate. They're, gonna, they're getting ready to trap him. And he grabs the doors, the post and all, put him on his shoulders, takes him to Hebron. And what's he doing? In a, in a very real sense, he's, he's giving them the finger. He's flipping them off. That's what he's doing. He's, because the gate represented safety for them. It was a city gate. In a sense, when, what Samson is saying is, you're not safe with me around you. And he's mocking the enemy. He's taunting the enemy. Here's a second step that leads to self-destruction, okay? Assuming disobedience doesn't cost. Now, this one, I'm just giving you a little bit of a warning. This one, I'm stepping on your toes, okay? So get ready, okay? This is the one that gets us, Okay? When we go through life and we're taking the steps and it's in the wrong direction and we're ignoring what God is saying, we're ignoring his spirit. But the truth is that we're not really computing that our disobedience will cost us something. And do you see it? I mean, this is exactly what's happening to, to Samson. Remember what happened the first week? He's going to see this lady. God has says, don't intermarry with Philistine women because, you know, they worship false gods. I don't want this for you. And he, he just goes anyway, and it's a mess, right? That was his, his first marriage. It ends up, if, go back and listen to the message if you missed it, okay? But we get to verse 4 in Judges 16, and look at it, okay? And it says, the Bible says, says, sometime later, sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the Valley of Zorak, whose name was Delilah, okay? And this is what Samson is known for, right? This is the main thing that, like, we all know Samson and Delilah, okay? And so, so he falls to the same old sins. Delilah comes unto him, and he assumes that he can get away with it again, okay? He assumes that, man, I'm not going to have to pay any major consequences. And you know the story. Samson, basically, Delilah comes to Samson and says, Samson, tell me your secrets, 
you know? And it reminds me, man, the story, when you compare them, they're, they're exactly the same thing. His first wedding, like his, his, at the wedding, remember the story? It's about the riddle. And what's the wife telling, what's his bride saying? Tell me the secret to the riddle. And that's before a, a whole week. It's a whole thing. Samson lying to her and then and going back and forth. And you see here with Delilah, it's the same thing. Tell me the secret to your strength. What is it? And Samson, he lies. He says, well, if you get seven straps and you tie me up, then, you know, I'll be as weak as any other man. And sure enough, he falls asleep. He ties him up, wakes him up. Samson, the Philistines are upon you. What does Samson do? He shakes himself off, right? Beats him up. And she goes, man, you lied to me. Tell me your secret. Tell me what it is. He goes through this whole spiel like three or four times, right? Oh, you know what? It's, it's, it's ropes. You've got to get new ropes. You don't just need any, any strands. You need like brand new ropes. If you tie me up with brand new ropes, then I will be as weak as anybody else. And you know the story, right? Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And what does he do? He shakes himself off. You know, he shakes himself off and, and then boom, you know, defeats the enemy third time she's like okay you know what's what's going on with you tell me your secret it says it says and now he's getting a little bit true a little bit closer to the truth and he says well you know if you take my hair and then weave them into like the fabric if you take my braids and weave them into the fabric then i'll be as weak you know and then she does that and she's like how could you conf- you know why would you not confide in me you're making a fool of myself and then one last time, a fourth time, and look at what happens. Verse 16. Let's put it on the screen. We're going to ask our worship team to get in, play, in place. We're going to wrap it up with a couple more verses. She tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Finally, verse 17, finally Samson shared his secret with her. My hair has never been cut, he confessed. For I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. And we explained all of that in the first week. So go back and listen to it if you, if you don't know what that is. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me. And I would become as weak as anyone else. Verse 19, jump to verse 19. So Delilah lulled Samson to sleep in, uh, uh, with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, watch this, don't miss it. In this way, she began to bring him down. And it says, and his strength left him. Now, Samson doesn't know that his strength strength has left him. He assumes that his sin hasn't cost him a thing. And so, you know, if you read the story, like that's exactly what happens. He shakes himself off and like he, he wakes up. She's like, you know, what's going on? And he realizes in that moment that his strength has actually left him. How did he mess up his life? Was it one step at a time? No. Took him 56,000 steps. It was one lie after the next. One lie after the next. Oh, yeah, it's, it's this ropes, it's this, it's that. And this last time, he realizes, you know, I can't just shake myself off anymore. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, 
My prayer is that you won't wake up one day and re realize that, man, Lord, your favor is not in my life anymore. Your, your strength is not on me like it used to be. And so the question for all of us today is this. Where are the steps that you're taking, taking you? All of us are taking steps. Where are the steps that you're taking today? Where are they taking you? Are they taking you closer to the Lord or are they taking you away from the Lord? Here's the thing. For some of us, it could be something as simple as, and you're a Jesus follower and you're not spending time in God's word. You're a Jesus follower and you're just not spending the time that you should be spending in prayer. And your, your hair is still long. You're still in church. You got the outward signs that you're following him. But inwardly, your heart, it's, it's drifted. For others, it could be uncontrollable desires. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I've got to have it. I've got to get it. Whether it's food, whether it's material things. For some of you, it may be a sense of entitlement. I deserve it. Look at how hard I've worked. Worked all of my life. And now I'm going to enjoy retirement. Forget serving God. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my life. I've already served God for all of these years. For some of you, it may be pride. I can handle it. I can handle it. Just come on over. Stay the night. I can handle it. For some of you, it may be anger. Or it may be apathy. The, the opposite, right? That just passive living. You're aggressive in every other area of life. At work, man, you're a go-getter. But when it comes to when it comes to your spiritual life, you just not quite there. It could be greed. It could it could be that you're you you're you feel like you you've been caught up in this world where it's just just money, it's just intoxicating. And it, it may be that financially you're disobeying the God, God in one way or the other. It could be a number of things. I want to challenge you between you and the Lord just to ask. Just have the courage. Just between you and the Lord. And ask, Lord, the steps that I'm taking today, are they getting me closer to you or are they getting me away from you? If they're getting you away from him, all you need to do is turn around. It's as simple as that. Just make a decision today. I'm going to turn around. And the beautiful thing is, guess who's going to be waiting for you? Remember when Samson said, when he cried out to the Lord, who was there to hear the prayer? Who was there to provide his every need? It was the Lord. He was there. And so the same way it is in your, in your life, the good thing is that it doesn't matter how much we mess up, we can come back to him. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that today I can cry out to him and it's not over. And so today, if you have a pulse, it's not over. You just need to turn around. You need to readjust. You need to get back on track. And God is faithful to forgive you. God is faithful to love you. God is faithful to give you grace upon grace. If you call unto me, if you call unto me, I will answer you. If you call unto me, I will show you great and mighty things you know nothing about. 
Your job today is to have enough faith to say, Jesus, I raise my hand. I need you in my life right now. I'm calling right now. I wonder any of you here today in the room would say, by lifting your hand, you say, I'm calling on to Jesus today. Would you raise your hand all over the room? Those of you following online, anyone else? God sees your heart. God sees your, your hand. Father, give us the courage. Give us the strength. Give us the foresight to, to not be like Samson in those in those areas, God, and they end up self-destructing and throw our marriages away and throw our spiritual lives away. God, help us to see into the future that those steps that we're taking the wrong way, they end up leading to death. God, may we see it. God, help us. Give us a vision for something greater in our lives. So we come before you and we just ask you, do the impossible in our lives. We surrender to you, God. We want more of you, Father. Tomorrow when we wake up, God, we're seeking you. God, we're spending time with you. The sin that's so easily entangled us, we're going to confess it. We're going to put it to the side. We're going to crucify it. And God, we're going to walk with you because there's nothing better than that. You see our hands. You know our hearts. We pray. Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.